Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Pew Pew Tactical Studios, this is the American Gun Show, bringing you our fight for the Second Amendment. Now your host and defender of freedom, Jason Reeve. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the American Gun Show, right here from the Pew Pew Tactical Studios. And uh, before we get going here on Hour 2, Samantha has an announcement, so I'm going to turn the mic over to her. Alright, so I, I got informed during, you know the break in between both hours, that uh, I'm, because of my views on, uh, you know, my stance on how we should compromise with some people, and it's a, this is a give and take and everything, that I might be called, well, is it a FUD? A FUD. Okay, to anybody who's considering sending an email gonna that's considering calling me anything like that, within that email, I would like you to explain what you are doing for our gun rights, other than talking to your respective senators or governors, okay? Other than that, because that anyone can do. Please explain what you are doing that is greater than what I'm doing. And if you cannot come up with anything, you better just sit your uh, happy little tushes down, you keyboard warriors that's all I <laughs> well have to say. L- let me let me put it to you this way uh samantha even though you don't see a lot of posts with her on on the american gun show facebook page she doesn't have a twitter and to be honest with you it's if you don't have to have a twitter don't i don't i find twitter stupid um i do it for business purposes for promoting the show and uh plus i get enjoyment out of uh arguing with anti-gun people the only thing I have is a Facebook, and the only thing I do with that Facebook is literally do uh, corgi stuff. I'm in a bunch of corgi groups. That's really all I well, do. Well, that, and you piss your cousin off with when all she... All right, well, I actually enjoy doing that. Um, but um, I think what a lot of you don't understand is that Sam does a lot behind the scenes. Um, she is... Uh, she wants to become a member of the DC Project. She's already talked with uh, Diana Muller. Of course, our friend Jen Jakes is... Uh, there with, you know, helping Sam along the way too. Uh, they are in the process of, you know, 
expanding. Expanding, and when they expand, Sam is at the top of the list to join the DC project. Also, Sam is also, uh, she works side-by-side with me with the Indiana Citizens Defense League, which has been uh, newly formed since uh, what we've been seeing in Virginia. So, to call Sam a FUD would be unfair, because she does do a lot for gun rights, a lot that you don't see. A lot more than probably most of our listeners. Samantha is talking to our representatives, our local state officials, even our uh, congressmen and senators. She's strongly involved with the Second Amendment Foundation, just as I am. Uh, Huge, huge supporter of the Second Amendment Foundation. um, She works hand-in-hand with the USCCA, just like I do. So you guys don't see a whole lot out of Samantha, but she is working behind the scenes for gun rights. Um, Alan Gottlieb told us a long time ago that we need to devote an hour a day to gun rights, whether it's contacting uh, newspapers, writing letters to the editor, uh, you know, contacting your your elected officials, or like we do, we do this radio show and our advocacy and our activism that we do for the Second Amendment. So yeah, if you're thinking about calling her a FUD, I I think let me just put it to you this way, guys. I will call out every single person. You don't live with her like I do. And you don't want to. Let me just put it to you this way. You done screwed up if that's the way you want to go. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for you. Moving on to more important topics, though. All right. So. What am I going to rant about today? Well, here's an interesting article that came out from Cam Edwards at BearingArms.com. Uh, young gun control activists, and he's talking about March for Our Lives, they have this week come out, uh, as of yesterday, they finally endorsed a presidential candidate. Ooh, who? Oh, you were, you ready for this one? Not really. Who is it? Bernie Sanders. Oh, I knew it. They endorsed uh, Bernie Sanders for president. They like the Kremlin. They like the burn. Uh they have officially... Bolshevik uh, Bernie. That's, no, that's Bolshevik a Bolshevik Bernie. Damn, I heard that was a good one. That's good. I like that. I forgot who came up with that one. You know what I think is interesting, though? That they're not endorsing Michael Bloomberg. Considering that Michael Bloomberg probably has donated money to them. Yeah, but you know what? After the last debate, I mean... Bloomberg was seriously like the Titanic. He's right down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got, I felt bad for him because he got chewed up and spit out. Yeah. But he yeah. even realizes that his, his campaign's pretty much done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Bloomberg, uh, it was actually quite fun to sit there and watch, uh, Bloomberg get beat up by the rest of the Democrats. It was actually fun. Even though he says now with him probably out that the, uh. He's the best person to beat Trump. Nobody yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think he really had a shot. He's just trying to buy his way to the election. Yeah. Um, you know, but anyway, uh, Bernie Sanders, he's been endorsed by uh, March for Our Lives. Uh, this is what co-founder Delaney Tarr said in a video. Quote, I am so excited to endorse Bernie Sanders. I know he's created a movement. Uh, I know he's created a movement. A movement in a way that that the march has. Talking about march for our lives, there are so many young activists here. One that I'm not, one that's not focused on a person or a candidate. 
or even just an election, but on change. Other Marjorie Stoneman, Stoneman Douglas alums, Ryan uh, Ditch, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, and I really don't care, and Chris Grady also announced their support for Sanders in a video along with other gun violence activists that are associated with, with March for Our Lives. One gun control advocate in particular was has taken to bashing Bloomberg online. Cameron Caskey, who was backing Andrew Yang, who of course is out, uh, he said, quote, I am very proud of the Democrat Party for making clear last night that Mike Bloomberg cannot buy our votes. Less than 24 hours after Bloomberg's public evisceration in the Democrats' ninth primary debate. One racist, sexist Republican in office is enough. And that's what Cameron Caskey said about Michael Bloomberg. But can I say this to all the Democrats out there who think that Trump bought all of our votes? This just proves you wrong. Just saying. You want to know something that's kind of interesting? Donald Trump did not spend any of his money on the campaign. That was proven. Donald Trump did not spend a dime of his own money on the campaign. It all came from the uh, Republican National uh, Committee. You know what I find really cool, too, is that he actually donates his salary every single year, unlike so many other Well, yeah, he he donates his salary to charities, and then you have AOC screaming that she needs a raise. The socialist, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No, she... mm, Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but this is the thing about Cameron Caskey that I think is, is very interesting. Um, he's objecting to Bloomberg buying elections is only limited to those in which the anti-gun billionaire is actually on the ballot. Or if he also has a problem with, say, Bloomberg's gun control group spending at least $8 million to turn Texas blue. Remember, they are... Bloomberg has really put in his crosshairs for this election cycle Texas, Florida, and Arizona. Well, if he can flip Texas, he can flip a lot because let's be very honest here. Texas is probably one of the most gun-friendly states, if not the most gun-friendly state, at least when it comes to mindset and people. But let me put it to you this way. What state are there people fleeing to Texas to? Fleeing to Texas from? Yes. California. Right. And guess what Californians tend to do? Uh, Yeah, bring their crap. They pretend to take their politics with them. So that's why they're focusing on trying to flip Texas. You know what I think we should do? We should start a GoFundMe to buy plane tickets to Venezuela and Cuba for all these socialists who think that it's a good idea. And just literally one-way ticket... Fly them out, it's paid for, they get their way, they don't have to put a dime on it, and then we'll, you know, I'll even give them a round trip, maybe a month there. But let me put it to you this way, though. Are we seeing a chink in the Bloomberg anti-gun armor? I think think there's more than a chink. I think that half the armor fell Because here's the thing. It's not just March for Our Lives that are not supporting Bloomberg as a candidate. There are several members of Moms Demand Action who have been pretty vocal about their lack of support for Bloomberg as well. Now, Moms Demand Action is completely funded by Michael Bloomberg. Oh man, if I was him, I would totally stop funding them. Oh yeah, yeah. 
This is what Rhonda Hart, a volunteer with Moms Demand Action in Texas, had to say. We do not need another business person in office. Texas and Everytown Survivor Fellow, which means she went through some sort of leadership training program, that's what her title is, Hart's daughter, Kimberly Vaughn, was, uh, she died in the Santa Fe uh, school shooting in May of 2018 after you know a student opened fire in her class. Uh, this is who this Moms Demand Action person is. Okay. She continued, um, Alana Miller, the student uh, activist for our Students Demand Action, um, she's a volunteer leader at Duke University, said, while he's our largest donor, it does not mean he is the organization himself. So you're, see, you're seeing these gun control groups kind of saying, yeah, sorry, Mike, we're not supporting you just because you you donate to us and you're running for president. Yeah, but I mean, look at a lot of his policies and stuff. You know how bad that would make them look? It's all, it's all publicity. Yeah. Now, this is the thing. We can explain away the March for Our Lives student activist support for Bernie Sanders pretty easily. Sanders is the easiest choice for Democrats under the age of 35. While Bloomberg scores most of his support from voters over the age of 50, I think it's very telling that many Moms Demand Action activists, especially those who are a little higher up in the organization's food chain and have met with Bloomberg, are standoffish at best about his, uh, about his candidacy. Bloomberg's throwing money at micro-influencers and public officials to get their support, Yet he's the biggest funder of Moms Demand Action, and he can't get many of them to side with him? That seems pretty screwed up to me, don't you think? A little bit. You know, I read something very interesting um, uh, about uh, Michael Bloomberg, that he's actually paying people, he's paying social media influencers to basically campaign for him. So apparently if like you're a Twitter follower that has, or you're a Twitter person who has like over a million following or 500,000 people following or something like that, he's like paying them to, you know, I guess campaign for him and support him. I guess he's trying to make himself look like the cool dude. I mean, I don't know, but that's sad. <laughs> that I'm sorry, but that's just sad. I know. I mean, this is why everybody goes in to say, you know, hey, this is uh this is a guy trying to, you know, buy the election. He needs to stop wasting his money. Right. I mean, that's Cuz that's all this is is just a waste. Well, yeah. I mean, when you go when it it comes down to it, it is a waste. But Bloomberg makes billions and I mean, he has thrown away millions and millions of dollars trying to get people elected that quite frankly didn't get elected so if there's anybody that is uh throwing around it's it's bloomberg he he doesn't seem to care but i guess when you're that rich you don't yeah but i mean you could see when michael bloomberg was on that stage he had that really smug look about him you know I'm better than everybody else because I'm a billionaire. But you know something? And I said this that night that we were watching the debate. I don't have a problem with Bloomberg's wealth. I don't agree with what he does with the money, but the thing is this. He did the American dream. He started a business and made millions. He's made billions. 
What's wrong with that? That's capitalism at its finest. Oh, and the one thing that I am totally on with Bloomberg about, though, is when it comes to Bernie Sanders' policies of, you know, he should, Bloomberg should basically give up his money. Yeah. Oh, I find it so funny that it's like, no, I earned that. It's my money. Yeah, exactly. I that, agree. And, that, and that's what Bloomberg, or uh, Bernie, wants from everybody. He wants us to give up our money and put it all into these social welfare programs. And, well, as you see, you see how well it's working in Venezuela. Yep. <laughs> all right, folks, we're going to take a time out. We'll be right back after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A big part of the concealed carry lifestyle is carrying your firearm at all times. This can be difficult if you don't have the right holster. I've tried many holsters with minimum success. Then I tried the cloak tuck, an inside the waistband holster made by Alien Gear Holsters. They also make the Shapeshift Holster Series have lifetime warranties, and are made right here in the USA. Visit AlienGearHolsters.com to browse their selections and find the best holster for your lifestyle. Are you looking for a versatile and unique face shield? Alpha Defense Gear has you covered. Head on over to their website at AlphaDefenseGear.com where you will find everything from face shields, arm sleeves, hats, and more. They even have gear for your dog, which I love because I like to spoil the official American Gun mascot, Chloe. The Second Amendment Foundation is one of the most important gun rights organizations winning lawsuits at the state and local level. But we need your help. Join or donate at saf.org and help us win back your gun rights. segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. Visit uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. All right, folks, welcome back to the American Gun Show, and we have an article here by Mr. Alan Gottlieb, the vice president and founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. My man. Yes, um, he is the most important man in gun rights. And if you're Today. a person like me, you get excited when he actually says your name. You know how excited I got when he <laughs> said my name? I was like stupid excited. Yeah, Alan Gottlieb is a great is a great man. I mean, he was when we you know, we've talked about this before when we walked up to him at the Gun Rights Policy Conference, you know, we walked up to him and said this is our first conference and you could just see his his face just lit up. And he said, "I love it when people make their first gun rights policy conference." He shook our hands. He's very easy to approach, very easy to talk to. Cause he was we, such a sweetheart. Yeah, we talked to him at the NRA convention, too. Yep. And, you know, Alan Gottlieb is at the tip of the spear 
when it comes to fighting and protecting our gun rights. I mean, when trust me, when Alan Gottlieb speaks, y'all better listen. And this is one of those cases. What 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 you got there, Sam? Oh, I just made. I don't know. I went over and when you said tip of the spear, I just went over and envisioned something. Okay. And this is a stupid envision. This is kind of how childish I can be. But think about it. Like, you see the warriors that had spears, like way back in the day. Way yep. back in the day. The head spears fought with spears, okay? You said he's the head of the spear, okay? Second Amendment Foundation is literally the head of the spear, okay? But then you have the whole body in the back holding the, the spear. It's us. Yep. All the gun owners. And then on the face is the NRA. The face is the NRA. Yep. The NRA and us take the heat for him to go over and be able to do the damage. Yep. That's Alan Gottlieb. Is He's got 37 lawsuits in play right now protecting our gun rights. This is why, folks, the Second Amendment Foundation is so important. This is why it, $150 gets you a life membership, but if you can only donate $5, donate $5. Because... This is the group that is winning lawsuits protecting our gun rights. This is the group I'm behind. 110%. Oh, absolutely. Um, me and Sam actually talked about it that this year we were actually going... We, we donate to the Second Amendment Foundation. We donate when we can. We donate what we can. But this is the thing. We both talked about it and we have discussed that we are going to become life members of SAF at some point this year. We don't know when, but... We are planning on doing it. And like I said, we've talked with Alan Gottlieb. We've talked with uh, Mark Walters, who's a big uh, proponent of the Second Amendment Foundation as well. We actually talked with Alan's son at the NRA convention. He was just as sweet as his dad. Yeah, I mean, very nice people. But uh, Alan Gottlieb's warning, the Second Amendment Foundation is cautioning the public about a new toolkit for gun control lobby groups to help them campaign for passage of so-called red flag laws that create extreme risk protection orders. Now, these are designed to take away firearms for people based on allegations from family members, intimate partners, or others, ra raising concerns about due process. The document leaked to Ammoland News was produced jointly by the Alliance for Gun Responsibility and the Giffords Gun Control Group, and the Educational Fund to Stop Gun Violence. This document, noted by Mr. Gottlieb, raises the alarm because there are a lot, there's a lot in it about taking people's guns, but only two paragraphs about returning firearms to their rightful owners if they were falsely accused or if the extreme risk protection order turned out to be a lie. You know, a lie or something like that. I wonder if there's a paragraph in if they, you know, well, repercussions. Well, remember, Raj says that there's provisions, but yet yeah. we see this, this document here which says only two paragraphs about returning guns, but the rest is about taking guns. He recalls an earlier eight-page guide reportedly paid by Michael Bloomberg's Mayors Against Illegal Guns discovered during an internet search that provides strategies to anti-gun groups for mounting gun control campaigns in their communities. He co-authored a book about this experience titled Dancing in Blood, Exposing the Gun Ban Lobby's Playbook to Destroy Your Rights. 
Mr. Gottlieb's alarms were raised by the inclusion of a letter from California sheriff official that referred to the May 2014 multiple murders in Isla Vista, California, as a shooting spree. Alan Gottlieb said, quote, Six victims in that rampage were stabbed or slashed to death. It also suggests the shooting occurred at the University of California's Santa Barbara campus, but it didn't. The term gun violence appears throughout, but there's not a word about knife violence, nor any mention of the fact that the killer bought three firearms, all legally with background checks and waiting periods. Remember, California has universal background checks and they have a 10-day waiting period. Mr. Gottlieb continues, We all want to prevent violent crimes and tra tragedies such as suicides. But there are genuine civil rights and due process concerns related to use such orders to disarm someone. Following a court hearing that, may not, that they might not even be aware of before they have a chance to defend themselves against any allegation. This guide asserts guns are temporarily removed, but that's not really the case in some instances. This document calls itself a toolkit for saving lives, but it talks more about taking guns from people than protecting their rights and means for self-defense. So far as we can tell, this is just another gun control strategy guide aimed at preventing gun ownership rather than preventing tragedies. This toolkit that he has here, the Extreme Risk Protection Toolkit that we're looking at right now. Let's see what we can find here. Table of Contents. Letters to the air. Five reasons why every state needs an Extreme Risk Protection Law. Introduction, uh, introduction to Extreme Risk Protection Laws. We also have Giffords telling you how they work. And on and on and on. Do, does every state have extreme risk protection laws? And actually, there's a lot of states that don't. There's only, I think, 13 states that have extreme risk protection laws. Extreme red flag laws. Yes. Okay. They, it, it sounds really good on paper. Okay. Anybody with half a brain can realize this sounds really good on paper. But when it comes to, when it's, being put in action, it's not very good. I mean, it does take away your rights, whether you agree with it or not. If To put it a different way, and I had to explain this to somebody once, to put it a different way, okay? Consider the guns your freedom, okay? Somebody accuses you of something, and you get your guns taken away. Say so you get your freedom taken away, okay? It, it's, it's like... Getting arrested and being thrown in jail while somebody is trying to find something illegal that you did. This is basically what you're trying to say is red flag laws. You are basically guilty until you are proven innocent. It's true. And this is not the way that due process works in the United States. You are innocent until you are proven guilty. I mean, I get, I get the point of it is trying to save somebody's life. I understand that. But the thing is... Instead of going over and immediately going and taking somebody's guns away, have an officer come and say, oh, okay, well, you need to go over and go to court, like, right now or tomorrow 
or your guns will be taken away because of an accusation that was made, and you get to face your accuser at that point. Which or is something else that you have a right to in this country. Exactly. The thing is this, and, and Samantha makes a very good point here. When you look at red flag laws and you first read them, it says, hey, you know what, this actually does sound good on paper. But then when the process actually takes place, and we've already documented on this show, one man was killed for a false accusation because he refused to give up his gun, so the police shot him. We had another instance where it was being abused. And what did the anti-gun groups say? What did all these anti-gun groups say? March for Our Lives, Giffords, Brady. Nobody's going to abuse these. Yeah, We're already documenting flat out that people are abusing these. You know, that's just like Mr. Raj. When I said, people are already abusing these, and I actually sent him the article, and he said, yeah, but she's going to jail for falsely accusing that person. She's being charged, and that's the way it should be. But that's not what you guys paint it as. You paint it as, it's supposed to be a temporary, they're take away your guns temporarily. But what you never hear these gun groups talk about is, okay, my uncle committed suicide with a firearm. Now, March for Our Lives would tell you that an extreme risk protection order, that right there would have prevented his suicide. Oh, no, it wouldn't have. But what they don't do is they don't tell you that, okay, the cops go and take the guns, but they leave the suicidal person there in the home. They don't require him to go to, like, 72-hour psychiatric care or something like that. This whole law needs a whole revamp if... Anybody within the gun community, the gun rights community, would even consider backing it. It needs a whole revamp. Because it does sound good, because it could save lives to, say, somebody who is waiting on, like, a carry permit, who just got out of a bad relationship, and her ex has guns, and she knows it. Oh, you're talking about the Shanine Allen, New Jersey case. Yeah, something like that. If she, if you, if your ex has guns... And you're waiting on a on a permit to be able to have a gun or to carry a gun, then yeah, you should be able to report somebody like that. Right. And I'm okay with The thing that. is this, you have to provide proof. Okay, the burden of proof should always be on the person making the accusation. Yes. Not the burden on of proof on the defendant. And what happens in these red flag laws is that the accuser goes to a judge without the defendant even knowing that they're doing it and saying, this person's a risk to my life. He's a danger to himself and others. Well, the judge is going to sit here and go, okay, well, he's a risk. You know, I gotcha. Boom. Issue the, uh, the extreme risk protection order. Then the person's sitting at home one day, minding their own business, and the next thing you know, the cops show up, we're here for your guns. What do you mean you're here for my guns? Well, somebody took out an extreme risk protection order, you're a danger to yourself and others, now hand over your guns. And if you refuse, well, look what happened to the guy in Maryland who refused. He lost his life. And then we come to find out later that the person who put the red flag law on him was just mad at him. It was a family member who was just mad at him. See, this is where it's just a confiscation ring, folks. There's no, there's no due process here, even though the gun groups will tell you, the, uh, or not the gun groups, but the anti-gun groups will tell you, oh yeah, we have, there's, we're not violating your due process. Of course we're not violating it. If you think about it logically, yeah, you clearly are. Yeah. I mean, it, 
you, they just get these whole groups of people that agree with something that's this stupid, that has stupid, that infringes on just you being a human being. And they go over, and other people who don't go over and read into this go and disagree. Oh, that looks good. This looks good. Let me not get yeah. the nitty gritty of it. Folks, let me just ask you this before we go to break. How many plans have people put in place where you say, hey, that looked good on paper? But then when they finally implemented it, it was like, wow, this sucks. Or maybe how many times you went over and you thought something in your head, but as soon as it came out of your mouth, it sounded really stupid. Right. All right, folks, we're going to take a time out, and we'll be right back after this. These are troubling times in America. Are you thinking about getting a gun and carrying it for defense of yourself and your loved ones? Would you know what to do if the unthinkable happened? Fortunately, there is an organization that can help, the United States Concealed Carry Association, the USCCA. The USCCA has training, education, and insurance with a tenacious legal defense if you ever Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have to defend the life of you or your loved ones. The USCCA is there for you. That's exactly why I am a member. The American Gun Show is proud to be partnered with the United States Concealed Carry Association. Head over to the American Gun Show Facebook page for exclusive offers or uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. Hello folks, Jason Reeve here. As you know, the American Gun Show is proud to be affiliated with the United States Concealed Carry Association, the USCCA. The USCCA offers education, training, and most importantly, legal defense should you ever need to use a firearm to defend your life or your loved ones. But that's not all. The USCCA self-defense shield not only covers firearms, but all self-defense tools. Knives, tasers, whichever tool you use to defend your life. We have a link pinned to the top of the American Gun Show Facebook page at Facebook slash The American Gun Show. If you use this link, not only do you get peace of mind of having the self-defense shield, but you help grow this radio program. Once again, visit the American Gun Show Facebook page and click on the link. Thank you. The Second Amendment Foundation is one of the most important gun rights organizations, winning lawsuits at the state and local level. But we need your help. Join or donate at saf.org and help us win back your gun rights. This segment of the American Gun Show is sponsored by Pew Pew Tactical. For gun reviews, carry tips, and much more, visit pewpewtactical.com. Welcome back to the show. All right, folks, welcome back to the American Gun Show. And I got several articles here by one of my favorite writers, Dr. A.W.R. Hawkins, uh, who Sam was blown away by. You got to mention Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got to because, uh, you know, I got to because you were just like, he's a doctor? <laughs> yeah, he's got a Ph.D. 
You know what I am? I'm Mrs. Yeah. That's all I am. So, uh, A.W.R. Hawkins put this story out on February 18th. Um, oh, let me just say this, folks, before we I move on here with... If you guys want to see that article uh, from the the 80-page the booklet on the Red Flag Law Toolkit, go to Ammoland.com and go to the gun rights section and you'll find it where it's a story by Alan Gottlieb where it says Second Amendment Foundation warns about red flag laws. Go check that out. It's a very interesting read. Unfortunately, I don't have the time on this show to, to go through the whole booklet with you. Uh, it would take up literally the whole two hours. <laughs> Do your own research, Raj. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. My new thing. So, a study by John... You're going to like this, too, Sam. This is this is very interesting. A study by the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health found expanded background checks do nothing to lower mass shooting. Shocker! Yeah, this is uh, Bloomberg's School of Medicine. Wow. That's got to be crazy. Now, Democrats react to mass shootings... By pushing expanded background checks as the solution. That's always the first go-to for them. For example, AWR points out that on February 14th, the second anniversary of the Parkland High School tragedy, Senator Chris, Co- Chris Coons, Democrat, campaign fund, uh, was using or fundraising for his campaign and pushing expanded background checks as a way to prevent attacks. But the Johns Hopkins study found that expanded background checks are not associated with lower rates of fatal mass shootings. The same study found that assault weapons bans do not reduce the rate of school shootings. Or or such shootings, not school, but mass shootings. On September 14, 2014, Breitbart News pointed to the New York Times report showing the the vague term assault weapon was a phrase Democrats made up in the 1990s as part of their efforts to create a political category of firearms, which they could then ban in hopes of touting crime-reducing policies. Now, according to the New York Times, America was suffering from a spike in gun violence in the early 1990s, so Democrats created the ba- and banned an entire class of firearms. Now, of course, this ban had lasted from 1994 to 2004, and although crime fell during that time, a detailed study found no proof that the decline was because of the ban. Remember, we did have the Department of Justice that came out and said, the 1994 assault weapons ban didn't do anything to reduce crime. Now, you know what? If they really want to reduce crime, you ban the handguns. Well, that was something that I always point out to gun control activists. And I say, well, why don't you want to ban handguns? Because more people are killed with handguns than rifles. Don't you care about the lives? Exactly. And when they say, well, no, the weapon of choice is a, is an AR-15. I'd be like, well, according to the FBI's universal crime report... There was over 6,000 people killed with handguns and less than 300 people killed with rifles of any kind. And we're talking about, and when we say rifles, we're talking about bolt-action rifles, lever-action rifles, and semi-automatic rifles. And coincidentally, the year that Parkland happened, which was dumb, which, you know, they used the, they used every mass shooting to demonize, uh, demonize the AR-15. 
but there was less than 300 people killed. There was only 297 people killed by rifles of any kind that year, and that was the same year that Parkland happened. But yet, it's the uh, it's the assault weapon. It's yada, yada, yada. But we've talked about this on the show several times. Universal background checks. Universal background checks. Universal background checks. How many times have we pointed out on this show? A lot. That most of the mass shooters passed a background check? Yeah, and what would a universal background check have done? Well, and that's what we keep saying to people. What makes a universal background check better than a background check? Do universal background checks have some magical crystal ball that tells you what the person's going to do? Because, folks, let's just be honest here. Background checks only look back. They only look to see if you have any prior criminal history. But this is always the first thing that they push for is universal background checks. It's, it's absolutely amazing to me that this is what's going on in, in the world of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, in their minds, you know, but that's just really the way that they go. Universal background checks and gun bans. And speaking of gun bans, here's another article by A.W.R. Hawkins, Dateline, February 21st. Democratic President Joel Hopeful, Joe Biden, was doing a CNN town hall. Biden talked of meeting with victims of uh, the December 14th Sandy Hook Elementary School attack and meeting with families of the Parkland High School attack. And he said he is committed in both instances to securing more gun control. He said, quote, I made him a commitment that I'm going to do everything in my power in office or out of office to get these assault weapons off the streets, which I have done once already. Now, he's talking about the 1994 assault weapons ban because he's been going around talking about, I did this. I, I defeated the NRA. I'm the only candidate up here that defeated the NRA. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and GOP... The GOP had a rapid response. Director Steve Guest tweeted a video of Biden making these comments. Biden ratchets up the Democrats' party attack on the Second Amendment. Biden's ban of quote-unquote assault weapons and get those clips. He doesn't even know what it's really called. He calls it a clip. That they have multiple bullets and items that should not be for sale. Not able to sell silencers and all other things. Targeting guns with clips that have multiple bullets in them is essentially going after every semi-automatic gun on the market. And Biden made it clear he wants to ban those. He made it very clear that he wants to ban those. So, you know, here we are, folks. We're, we're back in this situation where, you know, oh, well, we need to ban these because, you know, this is, we have to think of the kids, Unbelievable. Of course, uh, you know, this is just, that's just the norm for the Democrats. Uh, A.W.R. Hawkins has another story out. Michael Bloomberg's funded Every Town for Gun Safety is spending $8 million in the state of Texas in hope of electing candidates who are pro-gun. Or pro-gun control, not pro-gun. Um, yeah, boy, that, that would just make 
That would make no sense, right? Uh, Every Town released a statement on February 14th, distancing itself from Bloomberg. Um, and they're continuing to distance themselves as of February 19th. And the reason they're kind of distancing themselves is because they don't, they're kind of like, well, they don't want to hurt his chances for being president, being that they know that they're not a very light gun control group. But we all know that Bloomberg's funding it. CNN quoted Shannon Watts saying, we believe Texas can be the next emerging battleground with gun safety as a tipping point. The Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms Chairman Alan Gottlieb responded to the millions of dollars in every town will spend, not only in Texas, but other states across the country, saying, quote, Michael Bloomberg is spending a fortune on his Johnny-come-lately presidential campaign. He tries to tell us what he tries to tell us what to eat. He tries to tell us how much soda we can drink. And he has been unrelenting in his crusade to erase the Second Amendment from the Bill of Rights. But Bloomberg cannot buy American liberty, but Americans aren't willing to sell. That Americans aren't willing to sell. He has amassed great wealth, but that does not give him the right to say nobody else has any rights. And we certainly, and we're certainly not going to take that from Bloomberg. So of course, Bloomberg's doing what every good Democrat does, and that's pushing uh, background checks and gun bans and you know things like that. But Alan Gottlieb's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Uh, Bloomberg's just trying to buy. He's he's trying to buy elections. Bloomberg pumped a lot of money into Virginia, and look what happened with Virginia. Virginia flipped blue, and now look at the problem you have in Virginia. All right, finally, uh, got about a minute and a half here, so I'm going to make this quick. Uh, last weekend, 11 children shot over the weekend in gun-controlled Chicago by A.W.R. Hawkins. 11 children were shot over the President's Day weekend in gun-controlled Chicago. The New York Daily News reports a total of 25 were shot in Chicago and 11 of them were children. NBC Chicago reports that the weekend shooting varied um, size and scope from accidental shooting of a 7-year-old uh, to and uh, another 7-year-old wounding themselves accidentally to the gang violence which uh, occurred uh, over the weekend there, too, because we all know that Chicago has a gang problem. Uh, Of course, Mayor Lori Lightfoot made reducing gun crime one of her chief goals during the mayoral campaign, but gun crime in Chicago is on the rise. There have been over 200 shootings and 50 homicides in 2020 so far, and we're only weeks into the month of February. Folks, the reason I, I use that that story there um, is because that's something that we're going to we're going to talk about in the next uh, segment, and that is uh, Chicago's gun crime. So we will be right back after this. The Second Amendment Foundation is one of the most important gun rights organizations, winning lawsuits at the state and local level. But we need your help. Join or donate at saf.org and help us win back your gun rights. A big part of the concealed carry lifestyle is carrying your firearm at all times. This can be difficult if you don't have the right holster. I've tried many holsters with minimum success. 
Then I tried the cloak tuck, an inside the waistband holster made by Alien Gear Holsters. They also make the Shapeshift Holster Series, have lifetime warranties, and are made right here in the USA. Visit AlienGearHolsters.com to browse their selections and find the best holster for your lifestyle. Are you looking for a versatile and unique face shield? Alpha Defense Gear has you covered. Head on over to their website at alphadefensegear.com where you will find everything from face shields, arm sleeves, hats, and more. They even have gear for your dog, which I love because I like to spoil the official American Gun mascot, Chloe. This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the Second Amendment Foundation. Join or donate at saf.org. Now back to the defender of your gun rights, Jason Reed. All right, folks, welcome back to the American Gun Show, and we're going to talk about Chicago here. Uh, we haven't talked about Chicago in a while, but uh, we're going to bring up Chicago and Sam. Um, now, I work in Chicago because I work for the railroad. I work in some of some of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Chicago, actually. Uh, Riverdale, um, up by Summit, which Summit's not too bad, and then up by uh, Franklin Park, which, you know, it's some of not, it's some of the worst places in Chicago, but it's not as bad as it could be, you know, um, up there in the, when you look at like the Garfield Park and Little Village and Inglewood, those tend to be some of the, the worst uh, places for the gun violence in Chicago, but. I looked into possibly getting an Illinois out-of-state carry permit just so I could carry in Illinois. You know how much that would cost? 800 bucks. Um, More? Look, remember that 1911 you really liked at Blyce that had the horse engraving on the slide? That was like and, a $1,600 gun. Yeah, that's about how much it would cost me. Oh. Yeah, that, that's crazy. It's crazy to think of, right? Yeah, that's crazy. All right, folks, here are the latest stats on Chicago, and this is up-to-date uh, stats from a website that I can't say on the news, but it's, uh... you know the term that they use for donkey? Think of that. Uh, and it's called hay. Just insert that expletive for donkey.com, and you'll you'll find these stats here. Uh, this was updated at 9 p.m., so almost two hours ago. And so far, February to date in Chicago, there have been 28 shot and killed, 103 shot and wounded, a total of 131 shot, and 30 homicides for February to date. Now, we're only, you know, 22 days into February. Uh, so far for 2020, this is what's just staggering to me. We're only... A month and a half, roughly, we'll just say a month and a half into the new year, there have been 56 shot and killed, 203 shot and wounded, 299 total people shot, and a total of 66 homicides. What does that equate out to in Chicago? Every four hours and 17 minutes, a person is shot in Chicago. And... 
a person is murdered every 19 hours and 12 minutes. So we're talking about the trend that we're getting right now. Every four hours, somebody's getting shot. And every 19 hours, somebody's being shot and killed. Some of the worst hit neighborhoods in Chicago, like we were talking about, were the Lake or Little Village, Garfield Park, Inglewood. They are some of the hardest hit areas in Chicago. Garfield Park right now is leading the way with seven homicides, 32 wounded. The South Shore, four homicides and five wounded. There are a lot of, you know, when we're seeing a lot of places in Chicago, it's typically we're seeing the West and the South Side, which is typically notorious for having a lot of the gang violence that we're seeing out there. It's, you know, when we look at the trends, here are the the homicide trends. In 2019, at the same time, the same time frame, this month and a half, there have been 49 people killed, this was last year, 49 people killed, 220 wounded. We've already exceeded that mark for 2020, and February's not even over yet. And this is for the end of the current month. So at the end of February last year, 49 people were killed. We've already exceeded that, and we're not even at the end of the month. We're still seven days away from the end of the month. In 2018, it was even worse. 2018, there were 84 people killed in February. 2017, 108. That was the highest in the last uh, six years. It's it's really phenomenal when you you look at these uh, these issues that are happening in Chicago. Uh, police involved shootings. I know a lot of people want to talk about police involved shootings when it comes to Chicago. Uh, so far in 2020, there's only been three. Mm. Yeah, there's only been three for uh, for 2020. So, uh, you know, can't really can't really say that. And self defense killings, uh, 2020 self defense killings, because everybody says that gun controlled Chicago, the crime is falling. There's only been two self defense shootings so far in Chicago this year. See, people aren't allowed to carry guns in Chicago. We see that here, and yet you're seeing the high rate. Kind of blows that narrative out of the water that, you know, gun control Chicago is safe. It's, um, when we continue to look through the, 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 uh, the stats here, and this is what I find interesting. The Democratic Party is always talking about racial inequality. And actually, I kind of think it's the other way around. I think that it's the the gun control in Chicago that they say is to help the minority communities. I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's racist against the minority communities. And the reason I say that is because so far, the races of the people that have been killed in Chicago, 33 victims have been black. 17 victims Hispanic and three victims white. So I really think that it's the African American community that's being hurt the most because we all know that guns are highly taxed in Illinois. And who does that tend to affect? It tends to affect the low income minority families. Sam, did you want to say something? 
You looked like you wanted to jump in. No, you you basically have what I would say. Um, you know what the price tag so far of the gun violence in Chicago's? Well, I shouldn't say the gun violence because that's their term, but the uh, the gun controlled issue in Chicago. Do you know what it the cost has been so far this year? Cost involving what? Uh, this cost is assuming the following: fifty five thousand annual or average for gunshot victims in the ER and hospital expenses, uh, 1000 average for an ambulance ride. Uh, so basically like the medical care after F somebody who was shot? Yes, this is the medical care, uh, homicide-related autopsies, um, $1,000 for the ambulance ride. Um, for this year, how much are they saying? For this year only? Yes, for this year only. Uh, 50000 way off so far the cost of the shootings in chicago is nine million seven hundred thirty two thousand six hundred dollars we are chicago right now with the price of gun control that is supposed to make us safer right supposed to make us safer supposed to make our communities safer is already costing the taxpayers ten million dollars so far this year we're just going to round it up to ten million dollars we are a month and a half into 2020. I'd run it down. And give them that. We're we're here. Now I'm gonna come up to the top here because we can actually take a look at the 2019 stats. So I don't even want to see the 2019 stats. I really don't. Uh, 2019 versus 2018. There was only 461 people shot and killed. Uh, which was down 7% from the year before, 2018. Uh, 2,292 shot, 2,000, or shot wounded, I'm sorry, uh, 2,754 total shot in Chicago, that was down 7%, and total homicides were down 13%. So we did see kind of a drop, but however, a person was shot every three hours in Chicago in 2019, and a person was killed every 17 hours in Chicago. And again, when we look at the, the neighborhoods, we look at Humboldt Park, Garfield Park, Austin, Inglewood, Grass Crossing, Roseland, that had 50 or more uh, homicides. The worst uh, neighborhood in Chicago was 53, or 53 homicides in Austin. Now let's look at the cost. This is the part that I'm I, curious about. Okay. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Woo. Again. How many were murdered? Like 400 some? There was 461 la uh, okay, last year. So and oh oh god, this could be a huge number because nine million last time. Um. Two hundred. Two hundred million. Yes. You are pretty close. One hundred forty-nine million one hundred thirty-six thousand dollars in twenty nineteen. I was close in last time, but that's still pretty off. That's what it cost. Um, that's what it cost Chicago. No wonder y'all broke. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing: when we look at the homicide trends, and we're looking at the mayors, the mayors of Chicago, which of course Lori Lightfoot is still new. New, pretty so new. we can't really compare her. But let's take a look at the last two mayors. Rahm Emanuel, who was mayor from 2011 to 2019, 
And then Mayor Daley, who was mayor, mayor from 1989 to 2011. Wow. Here was the homicide rates for Chicago. During Mayor Daley's tenure as mayor of Chicago, there were 14,653 people murdered in Chicago by guns. Now, I want you to keep in mind, folks, Chicago's very heavily gun controlled. Remember, the handgun ban, I want you to also keep this in mind, folks. The handgun ban in Chicago was not lifted until 2010 when the McDonald versus Chicago case went to the Supreme Court. They had a handgun ban in Chicago from, I think it was 1981 all the way to, um, all the way to 2010. Now, coincidentally, here's the interesting thing. In 2011, after the McDonald decision was made and Rahm Emanuel took office, in the eight years that Rahm Emanuel was in office, there was only 4,535 people killed. That's a huge difference. That's a, I mean, even though there's like a huge there's difference time-wise. Yeah, there's a huge difference, but when you look at the fact that there was a handgun ban in Chicago during that time, and you have almost 10,000 more murders... And yeah, the years kind of don't, you know, play this, are different. But. So it's 30 years for one person? Uh, 1989 to 2011. So, no, oh, 1989? 1989 okay, to 2011. 89. Okay, so what are we at? Uh, that was, what, 25 years, 20-some years? 22, and how many deaths? 14,653. And in Rahm Emanuel's term, he was only eight years, and he had 4,035. All right, so, this is horrible. All right, 666 average for the first year, Mm -hmm. or for the first mayor. 666, that's a horrible number. Right. Okay, then we're looking at how Rahm Emanuel was there for eight years, and it was 4,535. Five hundred sixty-six hundred 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 dollars hundred people difference, difference average for there yeah hundred people difference and like I said that's still a lot of people but keep in mind that's the difference from when there was the handgun ban in Chicago to when it was lifted yep that's the average right there between you know adding in all the years that they were in office and all the people that were killed now keep it in mind folks Chicago is still heavily gun controlled. Um, basically if you had a carry permit, because me and Sam looked this up, if you had a carry permit in Chicago, you can't literally, you literally can't go anywhere in Chicago with a gun Mm -mm. because it says in Illinois law, basically you are not even allowed on the property of the, like, you know how most places, schools, you can't go into a school with a gun in Illinois. You can't even be on the property with a gun in Illinois. You can't even be on a hospital property or, or a building adjacent to a daycare. I mean, there it's their gun control is ridiculous in Chicago, but we're, you see the point that I'm just trying to make there. You notice how the difference between the handgun ban to when the handgun ban was ruled unconstitutional, there was a huge drop in deaths. Now I'm not saying that 4,500 people in Mayor Emanuel's term was, was a, you know, 
an achievement because let me put it to you this way, folks. There were more people killed in Chicago in Rahm Emanuel's eight years than people killed than soldiers that were killed in Iraq during the Iraq war. That's insane. But you know how Chicago is. They just blame Indiana for their their gun problem. But this is how bad it's getting in Chicago, folks. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the American Gun Show this week. Um, we got an, I, j- I just got an announcement to make here. We got some big things coming uh, in March. Um, of course, we have our two-hour show next week, which will be uh, beginning of March. We got some big announcements, some sponsor changes that are going to happen. So we are looking forward to doing that with you all as well. Well, thank you very much for listening to the show tonight. For Samantha, I am Jason Reeve, the voice of freedom. If you guys want to join the conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at JasonReeve81 or The American Gun Show on Instagram at The American Gun Show or Facebook, Facebook.com slash The American Gun Show. Until we meet again, folks, remember, take care of one another, stay safe, and remember, it's our rights, our fight. Good night, everybody.